0: On the eve of our Christmas celebration, we light all the candles of the Advent wreath. First, we light the candle for hope because Jesus is our hope. Second, we light the candle for peace because Jesus is our hope and peace. Third, we light the candle for joy because Jesus brings joy. Fourth, We light the candle for love because Jesus is love. Finally, tonight we light the sinner candle. This is the Christ candle. Jesus is born. Jesus has come. Jesus is our salvation. From the Gospel of Luke we hear, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord.
1: Well, um, I'm Jacob Yarbrough, and this is my wife, Laurie. And I'll be reading from the book of John. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. And we're reading from the New American Standard Version. In the beginning was the word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through Him. He was not the light. But he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth.
2: Good evening, church family. I'm Bobby Tibbles. This is my wife, Connie. We're going to be reading from the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and I'll be reading from the NASB as well. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife. But kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus.
3: Good evening. I'm Paul Stevens, and I will be reading from Luke, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, from the New American Standard. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was the governor of of Syria, And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and family of David. In order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people, for today in the city of David there has been born for you a Saviour, who is the Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men, with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem. Then, let's go straight to Bethlehem, then, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just had been told them.
4: Good evening, church family. I'm Ron Brower. This is my wife, Kimberly, my daughter, Chelsea. Uh, today, I'll be reading from the book of Matthew, chapters chapter 2, verses 11, uh, 1 through 11. And we'll also be reading from the New American Standard Version. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, in the days of Herod the king, magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all of the chief priests, the scribes of the people, he inquired of them, where the, Ma- the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judah, for this is what the, was written by the prophets. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh.
5: Good evening. Thank you for being here today, uh, for choosing to worship with us here at Calvary this evening. Uh, if you have your Bible, I am going to unpack none of those passages, believe it or not, but uh, Galatians chapter 4 is where we will be. We'll be looking at verses 4 through 7, but allow me just to begin with a question, uh, what was the best Christmas gift you ever received? What's a gift, uh, maybe from your childhood, that you received, that you think back fondly upon, that stands out to you? I imagine many of you have something like this under your tree currently, and your home waiting for Christmas morning to open. This is an actual present uh, that was that was under my tree, and it's to my wife, so I better make sure to return it. Um, but what goes into this? You know, if you buy a Christmas gift, what goes into actually purchasing it, getting it ready? Well, first off, you have to plan it. Right? You have to think in advance of what the person you want to give a gift actually would want or actually use or would actually desire. Maybe your motivation is just to bring a smile upon their face. You have to plan the Christmas gift. Well, then what else goes into it? The next thing you have to do is what? You have to go on Amazon or Target. Amazon no longer does two-day shipping. Maybe I'm wrong with something changed recently uh, since COVID, I guess. And so you have to buy it further in advance. You have to plan it. And then you have to take out your debit card and you don't like to look at the numbers on the computer. when you put the, when you put the card in there, you do kind of this number right here and then you purchase it. But then what else do you do? Of course you take it home and you wrap it and you put it in a box like this, but really you give that present for a purpose. You hope the person that receives it will enjoy it, will smile, will be able to use it, or will probably, like my kids and the toys I give them tomorrow morning, play with it for about 15 minutes and then discard it. Anybody else relate to that in the room? But Christmas Eve is a time to think about the gift of God. Amen. It's not just time to think about gifts that you have under the Christmas tree or the stress that you currently have about getting home on time and, you know, cooking your meals and getting these ready. It's really a time to set aside to actually remember what Christ did for us in a little town called Bethlehem. So tonight what we see from Galatians chapter 4 is we see the plan of God. That when the fullness of time came, we see the purchase of Christ for us on the cross. And then we see the purpose behind his sacrifice. So if you have your um, Bible turn to Galatians chapter 4, that's where we will be. And Galatians 4 is a little bit of an abnormal Christmas Eve passage. Your typical ones are your Matthew chapter 2 or your Luke chapter 2, but I just decided to do something a little bit different, and this one's going to be probably a little bit more uh, deep than we are used to on a Christmas Eve. It's really kind of the theology of Christmas morning. Notice the plan, the purchase, and the purpose for Christmas. What is the purpose of Jesus coming as a child? Galatians 4. But when the fullness of time came... God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that He might redeem those who were under the law, that we might have received the adoption as sons. Verse 6, because you are now sons, God has sent forth the spirit of a son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. This passage, in just four short verses, describes everything that we just read about. It describes the plan of God. It describes the purchase of our souls and the purpose behind it. What is the plan of God? Notice in verse 4, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman Born under the law. Now, I could spend about seven hours just on this one verse, but I will spare you of all of that. But what I want you to notice first is just notice the first phrase that we have. When the fullness of time came, God sent forth His Son. I take that first phrase to mean that Jesus arrived at the absolute perfect timing. Why was God or Jesus Christ's birth perfect timing? Two important things happened in the world to cause his message to go throughout all of the known world. Well, first off, there is a, for the first time in the history of the world since the Tower of Babel, and go back and read that story, there is a universal language. That there is one language That people can use and communicate, so that the message of the gospel could go forth to the ends of the earth. And we think about what one language was the entire New Testament written in? It was in Koine Greek. It was the known trade language of the time, allowing the message of the gospel to go forth when the fullness of time came. But what else was there? Number one, there was a universal language. But then, number two, what? There was Roman infrastructure. There were trade routes. There was development in the world to allow the message of the gospel to go forth. But when the fullness of time came, God the Father sent forth His Son, born of a woman. We brush over that phrase. We talk about the Virgin Mary and the Christmas story, and it's just kind of gotten stale. But that conception was a miracle. You know, we say that childbirth today is a miracle. It is a wonderful thing. I have four children of my own, right? But this birth was different. Isaiah seven fourteen describes what it means to be born of a woman. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel or God with us. That phrase, born of a woman, tells me two things. Number one, that he came into the flesh. He dwelt among us. But then number two, it reminds me of the conception of the Holy Spirit, the virgin birth. I'm not going to get too uh, <laughs> too, too nerdy on you all tonight. I'm really tempted to kind of go to the deep end, but I realize that it's 4.30 and I can't take all the time tonight. But I just want to zoom in. I'll, many Christians... Um, dismiss the virgin birth can we just be on or just don't think it's a really big deal uh, but it's a huge deal matter of fact if joseph and mary created jesus then let's go home because jesus this baby god with us had to be born different he had to be born of a virgin as explained in isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 but jesus had to be Different, not conceived as normal, he had to be born of the Holy Spirit to not inherit original sin from his father Adam, which was stained by his sin nature, that God taking on flesh Emmanuel prevented Jesus from having a sin nature that would have tainted the perfection of a sacrifice, making his sacrifice on the cross insufficient to pay for the sins of the world. But because he was born of a woman. But because he was born of the Holy Spirit, he was sufficient to pay for the sins of the world. He was born of a woman, and he was born under the law. Jesus had to be born under the law. Why? To redeem those under the law. To l- live out the law in perfection so that he could pay for our sin. Romans 8, 3-4 through 4 says this, For what the law could not do, weak as it was, Through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. As an offering for sin, he could then sin in the flesh, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. We see in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, the plan of Christmas. had perfect timing, perfect conception. Jesus had perfect obedience. But then notice in your text, verse 5 of chapter 4. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that, for the purpose, so that what? He might redeem those under the law. That is the purchase in full. The word redeem gives an idea of money. So that Jesus came in perfection, lived a perfect life. Why? So he could. Redeem us. Why do we need to be redeemed? Because you and I inherited our sin nature from Adam. Amen? And that we realize that we cannot keep the law perfectly. I mean, think about the Old Testament law in and of itself. We won't get into all that. But we can't even keep the Ten Commandments. Would you all agree with that? I mean, I'm sure all of us have stolen to some degree. All of us have lied. All of us have coveted that we are found, what, guilty before God, before a perfect God. We are found imperfect. So we needed God with us, coming in the form of flesh, being born of a virgin, living a perfect life, born under the law to redeem those under the law. The only payment sufficient for our soul, the only payment sufficient is perfection. And that's what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2. For you, were, you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, and leaving you example for you to follow in his steps. And he committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. While being reviled, he not, did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges rightly. And Christ, he himself Bore our sins in his body. Our sin was imputed to him so that we could have righteousness imputed to us. So that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds we are healed. The payment of Christ is sufficient for those under the law. For those that are imperfect. Then if Christ came and he died on the cross to pay for my sin in full. Just like you go to Target, just like you go to Amazon and you do one of these numbers, dreading, okay, dreading the purchase price to redeem this gift so that you could give it to another free of charge. In a small kind of weird man-made illustration, that's kind of what Christ did. He lived perfect life, died on the cross so that he could give us what? Can I just speak real quick? Um... When you give a gift, you give it for a reason. And you hope that the person you give it to enjoys it, uses it, needs it. They enjoy it more than 15 minutes that my children might use my gifts that I've spent the last four days putting together. Any young parents in the room? Okay, all right. Can I just say something really quick? Um, God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus being born in Bethlehem is so much more than you and I. We are only a small part of the redemptive plan of God. Notice verse 6. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth His Son, born under born under the law, so that He might redeem those under the law. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of a Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son than air through God. What's the purpose of Christ's arrival? Can I just speak real quick? We think Christ's arrival is all about me. It's all about my eternal life. You know, um, if Christ died just to get me out of hell... Okay, you didn't think I was going to talk about Christmas Eve. Okay, it's supposed to be nice and happy and wonderful. Okay, sorry, that's just the truth. Okay, Uh, (laughs) so I'm going to get a talkie too afterwards. It's supposed to be nice tonight. Okay, but here's the thing. If, If Christ died only to get me out of hell, that would be enough. But he did so much more than that. Because your sons, wait a second... Jesus died on the cross, lived a perfect life to purchase my soul in full to redeem me. And then he not just gave me eternal life and earthly abundant life, but what else did he give me? He made me part of the family of God, a son and a child of God, and an adoption and an inheritance as an heir of God. Christ Jesus, the gift of Christmas, is so much bigger than I can even fathom. He gave me eternal life. He gave me earthly, abundant life. On the cross, he proved his love for me, that God demonstrates his own love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The death of Christ, his birth in Bethlehem, gave me the indwelling of the Spirit, gave me fellowship with the saints, allowed me to have his inseparable love, gave me the assurance of his return, the redemption of all things. That we are part of his family and the family of God. That when you believe in Jesus Christ, because the blood of Christ was sufficient to pay for the sins of the world, that those who believe in him are what? Are adopted sons of God and heirs. Um, I'm not sure I fully understand that. Isaiah 9, 6, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The hope of the world has come. The Messiah to all the world has come. The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world has come. The Ruler, the King, the Savior, the Sovereign has come to transfer us from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son. Hope came to Bethlehem and God's perfect plan to purchase our imperfect souls from the wages of sin for the purpose of eternal life and everlasting adoption as God's child. That's the message of Bethlehem. But before I stop talking i will give you two points to let you think about first off i want you to think about your relationship with the lord are you a child of god are you born again have you been changed you know there are a lot of guests here this evening that have been let's just be honest have been fooled by preachers like me that basically say that if you repeat this incantation that you're saved. That's not true. You're not saved by what you do. You're not saved by what you say. You're saved by faith in Christ Jesus because his blood was sufficient. Amen? Amen? Yeah, amen? Okay, thank you. So, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in Him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But as I look at the Scripture, and as I look at the Gospels, and as I look at Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, I see that there must be change that takes place. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you think you're saved, and you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't feel the Spirit of God tugging on your heart to call you to repentance, to call you back to Him, I can't guarantee that you are a Christian. Right? Jesus Christ has come, and his death was sufficient to pay for the sins of the world, to offer you a gift that you only open by faith in Christ Jesus. That's the message of Christmas. that Christ has come, and his payment was sufficient to pay for the sins of the world. And if you are a Christian, I'm just going to give you a thought Just the exercise of the next 24 hours. If you are a Christian, if you believe in Jesus Christ, he's purchased your soul in full. If you have been born again, if you have living water springing up inside of you, if you are a Christian, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, this is what I want you to do. And as you open gifts tonight and tomorrow, whenever you open them, just remember the gift behind the gift the gift of all gifts. And this is what I want you to say. Even if your family thinks you're a little weird, just ask people, open their gifts, just say thank you. Thank you for what Christ has done on the cross, the gift of all gifts, and his blood was sufficient to pay for the sins of the world. If you have any questions about that, feel free to see me after the service today, but bow with me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the gift of your son, sending him to earth in a little town called Bethlehem, fulfilling Micah 5.2, tracing all the way back to the book of Ruth, we thank you that he has come and that he was born of a virgin, so that we wouldn't inherit our sin nature, and He he's born under the law, so that he could purchase those under the law and redeem us in full because of his blood that is without blemish or wrinkle. Lord, thank you for today, and thank you for the message of Christmas. May we not make it about what it's not, make about what it is. And Lord, thank you for tonight, just having gathered and worship. And we pray that we would just rejoice in what you have done for us. And we lift this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen.